0: what's up all-star break over i'm back this is jason jones this is the ruler of the court podcast this is where we talk sacramento kings hip-hop and whatever else may come to my mind uh happy post all-star break i hope you did not torture yourself by actually watching the all-star game god knows i didn't i decided to enjoy some quality time with the lady rather than subject myself to glorified post-practice shoot around bs which is what from everything i saw with the all-star game became so that's all i'll say about that um i would love to kill people yeah you know give you know shout out to everyone who made it yeah congratulations from for the uh recognition but if that's the product you're gonna give us man the hell with that i don't want to watch it i will not watch it You know, at least Mac McClung and Damian Lillard and those guys on Saturday night looked like they gave a damn because Sunday, no, that wasn't it, B. But enough about that. Let's go ahead and jump into some Kings talk. You know what it is. And let's just go ahead and get this out the way. You know, this is the most important stretch of games the Kings have played since probably, what, almost 20 years? Well, maybe not 20 years. I mean, let's check that. Um, I know everyone was talking about this is the most important stretch of games since the Kings last made the playoffs, but I think we can go a little more to more recent history to discuss the importance of this stretch of games. And let's go, you know, the last time the Kings were close to being a playoff team and it all went back. I'm going to take you back just four years. Let's go back to 2019. And as I'm recording, this is actually... <laughs> Four years to the day where it all went bad, you know. I won't say let's say it was all good a Week ago, you know, but yeah, things can go can change quickly. But let's go back. You know, 2019, the Kings went into the All Star break 30 and 27, and they were feeling pretty good. You know, they had exceeded expectations under Coach Dave Yeager. De'Aaron Fox was showing signs he would become a star. Buddy Hill was playing out of his mind having a career hit year. You know, Nemanja Bjelica was proving to be probably Vlade Divac's best free agent pickup and a lot of things were going right. They were getting good minutes from Iman Shumpert going in, you know, for a good part of the year. A lot was going right for the Kings. I must admit, too. I'm as cynical as hell. I'm as cynical as they come. But even I was thinking, you know what? This just might be their year to make the playoffs. So of course it didn't happen. The Kings slammed out after the break. You know, after after going into the break 30 and 27, they only won nine more games the rest of the season. And where did it all go wrong? It went wrong on this day four years ago. It went bad on the first game after the all star break. The Kings were playing at Golden State, so we were in Oakland. It's late in the game, and Dave Baker calls a timeout and draws up a play. And as he was prone to do, maybe still is prone to do in Indiana, I don't know, Buddy went Buddy and he didn't run the play. He launched a deep three and he missed. Dave Yeager lost his shit about that. And the Kings eventually lost the game 125-123 to the Warriors who would go, go on that year and reach the NBA Finals. But you know, in the Kings, this has never recovered from that. Buddy was never the same. Buddy kind of was like, shook after the game about how Dave reacted on the sideline, and the team never seemed to find their mojo again. The ensuing drama from that night helped contribute to Dave Yeager getting fired, and the Kings not being above five hundred that late in the season again until now. Yeah, you know what? Some things haven't changed. I'm still a cynic, but these Kings are a much better team, and I think they're much bit more equipped to finish the job. That If that's because the job is to just make the playoffs, I think they're in a much better position to do that. And to do so, I want to just kind of lay out some reasons why I believe this bunch is different from that 2019 crew. They got, you know, the city and the fans so excited only to not finish the job, you know. And that bunch is like a, you know, somebody takes you on a date, shows you well, treats you well, gets you all excited, and they forget their wallet. And you're like, well, damn, that was terrible. So here we go. Uh, I got three reasons why this edition of the Kings should be different. One is just experience. That group the Kings had, they relied on a, a, a lot of their key guys who were, you were know, pretty much unfamiliar with what it takes to make the playoffs. You no, know, yeah, they, they trade for Harrison Barnes. And that was a good pickup for them, I thought. But, you know, key guys like Fox, Buddy, you know, a Willie Cauley-Stein, you know, even Bogdan Bogdanovich, who, you know, had European League experience but not uh, NBA experience in that in that role. They hadn't been through an NBA stretch run before. And one player who had who had, had one ring was shaman Shumpert, but he got traded. And it seemed like once he got traded... You know, it seemed like uh, his swagger, the swagger of the team, was traded with him. So I don't see that being an issue. I feel like this, this, you know, this group is much more, you know, has much more, you know, overall experience, sort of NBA experience. You've got some guys who have been the, in the playoffs. You, you know, two of your starters, three of your starters now, Kevin Herter. DeMontis Sabonis and Harrison Barnes have all been on playoff teams. Harrison's been on a championship team and been to the finals. Herter's been to the conference finals once with Atlanta. I think he got a lot more, you know, and that's not even getting to the bench, you know, with some guys who have, you know, whether it be college or NBA, have postseason experience. So I think this team is much more equipped in that way. Number two is quite obvious, but this is just a better team. That team was relying on guys to have play over their heads. They they didn't have any all-stars. This team has two of them. You know, Fox was a youngster. You know, he's a vet now. You know, Sabonis has an established track record of success in the NBA. This is not some young scrub or some guy trying to find his way in the league. You know, the depth is a lot better. Yeah, we can complain about, you know, the backup center. You might Some people might be worried if Keegan Murray might start looking like a rookie, you know, in key moments. But overall, this is just a better team. I mean, you you, you know, you can bring a Trey Lyles off your bench. You can bring a uh, Terrence Davis off your bench. It's all like I said. say. Overall, you know, Malik Monk. Just a better group of players and better equipped to kind of stay together as the season goes down the stretch. And then three probably the most important of this thing. Just yes, this. The, there's symmetry and chemistry from the sideline to the front office. And 24 years ago, there was none of that. You know, Jaeger and the front office weren't on the same page for most of the season. And we go all the way back to the 2018 draft when Dave Yeager preferred Luka Doncic and the Kings drafted Marvin Bagley III. You know, you can go to the fact that uh, this is based on my reporting at the time that Marvin had, Bagley III had been promised a starting role eventually with the Kings, and Dave Yeager didn't really agree with the starting role for him. He preferred to stick with Bealitza for you know they had better spacing, and the team was winning, you know winning more than it had before. So Dave wasn't inclined to you know sit belly just so he can get a young guy out there and cost the team wins potentially. You know, then after the Kings acquired Harrison Barnes, you know, the front office saw Harrison Barnes as a small forward. Jaeger wanted to play him more as a stretch four. So there was just so many different, you know, differences of opinions between the coaching staff and the front office. And I think that definitely played a part in how the team finished the year. And... It was just a mess that led to, you know, eventually the Kings firing Jaeger, even though he had had the best record of any Kings coach in a single season since... That was their... That's the closest they had gotten to winning since 2006, or a winning record. You know, the Kings lost their last two games of the year to to finish below 500, you know, or to guarantee they... You know, it it went from, can they get to 500, to can they at least get 40 wins? They didn't get it either... People were complaining. It didn't really matter to me if they got 40 versus 39 wins. Hell, you weren't making the playoffs. And even then, the gap between 8 and 9 was pretty wide that year. So it wasn't like they were close. Either way, it led to the end of the Jaeger years. None of that stuff are issues right now. So I expect the results to be better than they were four years later. Just my uneducated... Not to say uneducated, but my observation about this team. So... What we're gonna do is get ready to take a break, come back, talk some hip hop. But yeah, just feel free to shoot me your thoughts on so on Instagram if you see this in my stories at Mr. Jones LBC. Feel free to reply to my stories and then what I'll probably start doing is just, you know, taking snapshots of those and just posting them back with replies in the stories, you know. So we can get your questions answered if you, you know, so inclined to get my take. Or you can just reply on Twitter as well if you want my take on some of these things. I'll reply. Be a man of the people. Reach back out to you. So, but, you know, enough about that. Yeah, Twitter is Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. But before we get in, also, like I said, you're going to go ahead, sneak in a quick break. And then... We'll get right back to the Ruler of the Court podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, NBA fans? It's your boy, Jason Jones, and it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers, that's right, if you've been around, you too, can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. So how do you do that? You go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. And you've got some same-game parlays coming up. You can do with the Kings coming up. You know... It's a bonus and his double-doubles. How many more will he rack up? You know, how many threes will Keegan Murray make? You know, he's on a pace to try to break a rookie record for made threes. A lot you can have fun with with this. But what do you have to do to make that happen? Here's what you got to do. You download the app now and sign up with the code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now, let's get back to the show. Okay, folks. Um, Notice, this is a different way to get into the hip-hop thing. Uh noticed that, you know, the legendary uh I call him a West Coast legend, but he's well, born back east, but he you know came of age in the West. Uh Ice T receives his star on the Walk of Fame. I would say long overdue, well deserved. And someone I've been a fan of for many years. One of my uh highlights as a fan was Ice T replying to my tweet a few times. So shout out to the legend Ice T. And, thought about Ice-T, not just because of the star in the Walk of Fame, thought about him as far as the, uh, as I noticed this week, a new season of Snowfall is out. It's the the final season, and it's one of my favorite shows. It's one of the last great pieces of art that we were given to us from, given to us from uh, the late, great John Singleton, who passed away in 2019, as someone born in Los Angeles in the late '70s, the show, you know, takes me back to my early years, of my early childhood. I mean, uh, Uncle Jerome on the show with the curl reminds me actually of my dad when I was a kid, and just so many, you know, uh, of the of this, of the scenery, the 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 houses, the cl- everything reminds me of my childhood and, and that. So I really dig it, and. The show has me just thinking about some of the hip-hop from that era. You know, and I'm a big Ice Cube NWA fan, you know. So, I know they get, you know, much respect for what they brought to the game from the West Coast. But Ice-T was around, too. And even they would tell you that Ice-T was one of the OGs in the game. And we could go back to, you know, the early 80s of West Coast hip-hop. won't do that today. But you all, you know, if you know hip-hop, you know Ice-T had a pivotal role in what we got going right now. So, but what I I was like I said, I was watching the first two episodes, it made me reflect, and like I said, mixing that in with seeing Ice-T get the star, made me reflect on Ice-T's music. Because for whatever reason, watching the show made me think about Ice-T. And so I said, let's go back to 1987, and that powerful album Ice-T dropped Ryan Pays. And... I wasn't even 10 years old when this came out, but as I got older and was able to go back and listen to stuff again, you know, you know, you know, so I went back and said, let's go ahead and listen to Ryan Pays. And I'm going to walk you through it kind of briefly. To uh give you a feel of why this is one of my favorite albums. That you know, once I got a little money in college, I went back and bought up all these old CDs. Actually, my my undergrad thesis was about hip hop, so I was collecting all the music I could to listen to. So here we go. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you like song by song right down per se, but I was gonna give you some of my highlights from that from, from that album, that era. The first song is you know, intro slash rhyme pays. It puts you just like firmly in the way life was at that time period in the mid eighties, you know the beat the flow it's all real eighties type stuff, you know you no, know, but it still hits hard the way that song comes in turn. you know it comes in hard. I wish I was in a car right now with some bass, and I would let that thing ride out right now, but the next song on there is probably the song that this album is best known for it's a it's a song that um has been copied and borrowed from, you know, you know, six in the morning. It's a day in L.A., you know, six in the morning, you know, police at my door, you know, all that. And if the song could basically be an episode of Snowfall, which is probably why I thought about this album when I was watching the lab, the first two episodes of this final season. Ice could be Uncle Jerome from the show, and the way he's describing his day in that song. Maybe he's Franklin. You know, I noticed Franklin was wearing was wearing Adidas on the show, and on the on you know, in the song, Ice T says, you know, his fresh Adidas sneaks, you know, you know, squeak across the across the floor. You know, talking about about getting his old school tape. And I'm not giving anything away if you haven't watched uh, any of the episodes. But you know, when Franklin's in the car, there are times you hear that old school music playing. So. That song, you know, there's gonna be a classic, no matter what. And if you're gonna play any songs from this, bump these first two. But I'm not gonna say stop there. Let's keep on going. The song Make It Funky is up next. It's an eighties like hip hop dance track. It was kinda of, it was part of what was going on at the time. It's a lot of what I heard the OGs dip party into when I was a little kid when I'd be looking around. You know, and kind of said, "Hmm, what, what's going on over here?" You no, know, that's what I was listening. You no, know, that's what I was doing. And then next one is Pimpin' Ain't Easy," and that's not what it's, You know, that's like the like the song. You know, t- you know, and you know, it's a po- you know it's a popular saying, and, and oddly enough, that Iced T would make would you know flip that again later, or probably more than a decade later. With the WWE, when they when they had made a hip hop album like you know hip hop and WW I guess WWF Fusion whatever album, this was the themes you know Pippin' ain't easy it was Ice T did that for the Godfather who was you know a pimp on the on the show, so that song clearly has some legs to it. That phrase has some legs to it. If you, you know more than a decade later you got you know the Godfather coming to the ring in WWE to that. Then you gotta know in the next few songs. Four oh nine, bring some fun wordplay from the OG Ice T, you know, followed by I Love the Ladies and then the song Sex, you know, a nice back to nice set of back to back songs, right? That's followed by Pain, then close it out with squeeze the trigger. I could go more in the ice tea catalog. I love the song colors. I can get it to the next album with I'm your pusher. I mean I could keep going and going. But I'm gonna chill and leave it there and let you marinate on that for today's hip-hop selection so thanks for taking the time to check this out again you can follow me on twitter at mr underscore jason jones you can follow me on instagram at mr jones lbc and make sure you're following um everyone with the basketball podcast network check us out you know like this download this subscribe to this every download helps spread the word that i'm still talking about the kings out there so again i'm jason jones why write for the athletic this is the ruler of the court podcast y'all be good out there right i will catch you next time i'll be back next week be safe and i'm signing out from very chilly california you know i know y'all laughing at us because in the 40s and the 50s but this ain't right this is not acceptable for for nearly march so we're i'm gonna go put my parka on and my beanie and go outside y'all y'all be good out there i'm out